The best chats are always the unscripted ones. There are interesting stories all around us, and here's one of them. Open your eyes, spectaculars right in front of you. <laughs> oh yeah, this is totally unscripted, so we never know where this is going to go. Dangerous. This is the unscripted perspective, and here's your host, Phil Parker. Phil Parker. Phil Parker. Phil Parker. Well, hello, hello, hello. It is another Unscripted Perspective with me, your host, Phil Parker. And as always, I never try to um, disappoint. I have another wonderful mind on the show this evening, this afternoon, whenever you're listening. His name is Don Gleason. He is a career... Um, he's a career everything, really. He's He's been describing his, his whole world to me for the last 15, 20 minutes just before we started. And I can tell you that um, we're going to have an amazing conversation about careers and changing careers. But um, he's just a career potential activator um, uh, known by many. So, um, Don, welcome to the show, man. I'm really excited because uh, we've been talking for quite some time trying to get this uh, set up, and uh, we finally, finally have a chance to meet. So oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity, and I love that intro, the unscripted. That is so good, and uh, it's going to be very yeah. interesting. I, I love the conversation where it gets to be freewheeling, and, and you ask me questions, and it challenges me to think into things, and I hope I can ask a few questions as well. And uh, I just look forward to the conversation yeah, and serving your audience. I, I'm 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 truly excited because there, uh, especially in this current economic climate, I I can I can bet on a few people listening in that um, are probably wanting to change their career or 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 trying to find some motivation to what they're going to do or change because um, the the economical challenges that we're facing right now are forcing people to do sure. things differently and uh, find new ways to make money and everything. So before we kind of get into the deep conversation that we, we're already starting to trudge through, um, Don, tell me a little bit about yourself and just kind of uh, give me a summary of kind of who you are, what, what your background is so that so that the listeners can kind of know who's who's given sure. this great advice. And I appreciate the opportunity. <clears throat> and I think you're exactly right. There are going to be a lot of folks out there who are thinking about it, especially as we get the force back to the office, you know, out of remote into hybrid, into hybrid, from hybrid into the office. I know several people who I've talked to recently who it's like, it makes no sense why they're forcing me back and I don't want to drive another hour each way and, and I want something different. So I'm, I'm working right. with several people like that. So, and that's, that's what I do. I, I'm leveraging the 41 years of experience that I have, 27 years in the Air Force. I'm that guy who joined out of college because of the recession in 1982 for four years, no more, no way. And I stayed for 27 because I had an absolute wow. fantastic career. I got to do things that I never would have imagined. In 2004, I got to go to Baghdad, Iraq and lead the programming of 3,200 projects totaling $12.8 billion with a B, billion dollars to reconstruct a country. The biggest thing since the Marshall Plan in uh, after World War II. I, uh, <clears throat> I got out of the service in 2009. I joined a management consulting company. I got to do some really neat things back to support the services. Ever since the fifth grade, my focus was environmental. And I got to do some really neat environmental things uh, and uh, 
really helped the Air Force again. So I did that for nine years, and now I'm leading my own companies, um, really focusing in on career transition. I see, well, I, I support military, and military in the career transition getting out of the service, it's the number one ideation for suicide. We're still losing somewhere between 17 and 22 military and veterans a day to suicide. And if I can do something to impact that, I want to do it. But I also see on the non-military side, 75% of people are disengaged at work. It goes back to what you just said a little bit ago, right? The economic time. They want to do something different. They just don't know how or where to turn or what's the process. And, uh, and I, I want to help them do that. So I want to get, I want to get people engaged at work. My, mon my moniker is find a career that energizes you and a life that fulfills you because they go together. And we'll talk some more about that, I'm sure. Wow. You know, um, what an amazing, well, first of all, um, congratulations to you for being such a, 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 an amazing servant to both your country and, and your countrymen. Um, because, you know, um, even though I'm Irish and I'm, uh, an immigrant to the U S, um, I can tell you that, um, my affinity and love for the, the military knows no bounds. And I see things every day that mystify me as to how these amazing people are being treated after they've served. And, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things for me is the the rate of suicide after they get back you know the the amazing amount of ptsd that is dealt with um you know it's it's such a struggle for for a lot of people um you know we've just had fourth of july which is probably um statistically from what i've read and you could correct me on this one because you're the expert in this field but um what i've read is that it's the highest rate of suicide for uh, veterans, ironically, the highest rate of suicide for veterans um, of the year is the, the highest night of the year where they see veterans commit suicide because the PTSD gets so mm -hmm. high because of the fireworks and everything going on, which is kind of it's kind of like it's it's irony at its best. And I know that's an awful thing to say, especially considering the subject. But like you're you're trying to honor all these amazing people by making it the worst night of the year. It's just, um, you know, but uh, anyway, that's beside the point. I mean, you're, you're it's uh, 4th of July is 4th of July. It's, it's a, it's a national holiday and we're not trying to dilute the importance of it, but definitely um, for veterans, uh, I think what you're doing is amazing. So um, thank oh, you welcome. so much for that. And I like to respond by <clears throat> you are worth it and they are worth it. They're worth my effort. They're worth my time. I have been blessed in the career that the careers that I had, and I've set myself up for a really nice retirement, but I can't just go off camping and bird watching, which I love to do. We were just on a three week vacation and seeing family, but I've got to do something for the next 10, 15 years that can help in those areas. And you know, you think back to world uh, to 4th of July, um, it's all about right freedom and America and Declaration of Independence and the Revolutionary War right. and this country, you know, being what it is today, and military struggle coming out of the service with how am I going to find that mission? They've 
they've sacrificed, they've given of themselves. <clears throat> and, uh, and then all of a sudden, what you're asking them to do is work for a profit. And they don't understand that. It doesn't make sense for a lot of them. No. And they want that something bigger than themselves. And they struggle to find it. And uh, I see a lot of them lately coming back to help their military, probably just like me, help their military peers, you know, um, help them through different things. Um, be servants. I, I was I was the board chair for the Red Cross in San Antonio after eight years being on the board and, uh, and giving back to the community of San Antonio. So you find a lot of servants in the military. And uh, yeah. so I could, I could see why the 4th of July is a hard one. I mean, Christmas season is a tough one too, because of family and, and you lost so many friends right. and, uh, and you're disconnected from family, you, you know, so there's, there's a, there's a number of those holidays that are tough, but military are a humble people, but they want to, they want to be significant. John Maxwell says, once you taste significance, success, your own personal success will not satisfy. And I think that's so true. That's a great wow. statement. It is. It's an amazing statement. Um, you know, uh, just just looking at looking at what what we've just gone through as far as um, the last two years of three well, years. three or four years, I would say. I mean, with with everything with everything that's gone on between um, the the movement for uh, Black Lives Matter, um, the the, um, the the COVID just decimation of 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 the world um and just what that has done for mental health for just you and i for for the nor normal uh, i say normal loosely but the the people just leading a normal life and then we we kind of bring in the 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 military or, or veteran people who've throughout this have been living extraordinary lives um and having to come back to the just the unknown to them the the it's uh, one of one of my friends who um was in the military compares it to um somebody coming out of jail uh because they're so used to getting their lunch and it you eat it or it's gone like you you got to eat your lunch or it's gone and then they come home and whenever they see the food it's, it's like right. it's rah, 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 you know you got to get, get through portion. the food it's the yeah. same mentality. It's hard to retrain yourself mm -hmm. to realize that, you know, you don't have to be on edge. You don't have to, you don't have to do all that stuff. It's, it's, Hey, you're, mm -hmm. you fought for this freedom. There isn't a guy on the corner trying to shoot you or, mm -hmm. or, 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 or c commit crimes or what, well, there <laughs> might be someone who's committing crimes, but um, not of the, the, the nature that they, they're used to. So um, it is um, mentally it's, it's, it's straining trying to remember or retrain your mind to kind of get around that corner. And so um, their careers up to that point have been to infiltrate or contain or debilitate the enemy or protect their country. And so that's all been their career. And now you're saying, Hey, um, you got to go work for, um, AutoZone or, 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 or JC Penny, um, putting clothes on hangers or whatever. And you're just, what is that? Like, what, what's the meaning? How can you, how yeah, can what's you compare the meaning? The what's the purpose of this? Yeah. Right. And, and unfortunately we're going to jump right in here. 
we don't we the military don't do a good job at selling what we did <clears throat> most resumes i see are nothing more than a list of their job descriptions right i was responsible for this i was responsible for this right i oversaw this much budget i saw i supervised this many people but it really doesn't tell a story of the impact that they had i was talking to one navy corpsman and his bullet was you know i'm responsible for two million dollars worth of equipment on a launch support ship and i was like Okay, I mean, that's right. good, but tell me what the problem was. He goes, well, I came on board and every forklift was down. I said, so what was, how much did, what, what was the, what would you guys do? He goes, it was 75 people a day for six hours hauling logistics around the ship. And that had been going on for six months. I said, man, that's the story right there. I said, so what'd you do? He says, well, I, uh, I the forklifts were out of production. So I called back around the States. I found people that had manuals that I could use to repair them. I found people who are experts to find the parts because the parts were not in manufacture. So I had to get suitable subparts and I got them shipped out to the ship, you know, delivered to the ship so I could fix them. I said, well, how long did that take? That had to be like months. He goes, two weeks. I'm like, you're kidding me. 22 yeah. forklifts like that. And they've been, un, they've been unfixed for six months. And you did it in two weeks. I said, that is a story. But yet his bullet was, I'm responsible yeah, for $2 million worth of equipment. And think about that when you talk to a company. You know, if, if it's just, I'm responsible for $2 million, I'll give you a job. But if, you're, if you can fix things like that, I'm going to make you a key person in my organization because you're going to fix problems. I'm going to pay you more. I'm going to promote you faster. I'm going to do a lot more things with you. But if you don't, if you don't tell me that story, I can't do that. So I really work hard with people to tell that story. Um, and it, but it, it goes through so and many I, things I, like I, your, your elevator pitch and your interview stories and all those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it um, it really, it kind of ties into everything that particular, that, that story kind of ties into everything because, um, for the longest time, um, you know, being uh, a manager myself and in, you know, recruiting and doing things, um, for, for corporate America and hiring and firing and doing all that glorious stuff, you know, um, one thing that people always ask me is, um, it's always, you know, it's so hard to find a job. How do you do it? Like how, what is the secret sauce? How, how do I find a job? Um, and how do you find a job all the time? Cause you know, while, while I, um, I've had many jobs in my career, um, I've never found it difficult to find a job because I sell myself. Well, is the, is the, is the term terminology that I use, but, um, it's, like what you said, it's your resume is a synopsis, a summary of you. It's like if you watch a movie reel or a trailer and for a movie and they leave out all the, mm -hmm. the good bits. You're and they just give you the credits and and who's in it and a voice and who made the movie. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna see the movie. So your, your, your resume is your, is your trailer. So you got to make a trailer that's going to captivate your audience and it, the dialogue and the language that you use has to be almost, um, um, like tabloid ish where you're, you're, you're using these action words to grab the attention of the reader. Because one of the things that I love to do, I'm, I, I've, 
English is one of my favorite things, like writing, you know, all that fun, like just writing stories. I'm, I'm writing an English, um, I'm writing an English, I'm writing a children's story cool. right now in English. Um, and um, it's, it's just a great feeling. Um, but it's legitimately, that's what a resume is. It's, you don't have to be good at English to write a resume. You can have someone proofread it, but what it is, is you're a snapshot of you. And if you're not presenting yourself the best way possible, and not, even myself, I don't always know what people are looking for. I don't know every every single industry. I don't know how, you know, the the retail world versus the automotive world or the um, IT world, what they're looking for in a resume. But I can tell you what's attractive to an employer. And so the words that are are jumping off the page are the action words if you're boring and you're saying um it's it's droning on like a bad um like like a bad novel or a really bad news story um you're not going to to captivate That's that right. audience and i think what i've learned in my career is that little piece um, I'm still perfecting it. There's no, there's no learning everything. You every learn something day. new every day is my, is my, is my motto. So like you, you, you have to add a string to your bow as much as possible uh, and sell yourself as much as possible. For me, I'm on indeed and I'm doing all their little quizzes and their, their little, um, their, their employer, um, the like certification of, of stuff where you, you do a customer service one and you do this, 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 this and leadership and they ask you a bunch of questions and, and then indeed certifies you as passing their stuff as proficient, moderate or whatever. Um, don't use the indeed, uh, stock resume. It's, yeah. it's just built to read. It's not built to sell. It's built to, to put yourself mm -hmm. on a page. Um, That's but people yeah. don't know that. And People like, so, so the military coming back, like you said, the, they, they, it's a shock to the system to realize that I can't just say, Hey, um, I, um, am a veteran to, to be honest with you from an Irish standpoint, from, from me living in, in the United States as an, as an immigrant, if people who say I'm a veteran should have a red carpet laid in front of them and whatever they want in the, in the, in the store, that's my opinion because of how much they've sacrificed for their country. Now, obviously there's within reason, but like when you're a veteran, you have a lot of things that you've learned throughout your, your military career. So one of those things is going to be way overqualified for what the job is. I can guarantee you. So we, we need to, as a, as a unit, as a country, as a, as a recruitment um, station, understand these things, but it's not always the case. And recruitment right now is decimated. You cannot get people to come come get out of their office. Nobody wants to, like you said, go go from their home to the workplace. Um, the retail world is suffering immensely because um, the two three years of COVID has made people realize that I don't need to have a brick and mortar store. I can just shop online. Mm -hmm. um, now there is a flip side to that. It's also added value to the people who like to shop 
in, in brick and mortar, but you have to now really be the best at what you do as the experience has to be top notch. And so where I am right now, that's one of the things is the experience, the experience, the experience when they walk in the door, blah, 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 blah. but, um, yeah, what you're saying is hundred percent. I, I truly yeah. agree with you. You, you got to yeah. sell yourself. You got to put yourself yeah. out there. You got to like earmark the things that are important. Um, it doesn't need to be 10, 15 pages long. It just needs to be the really important parts. And sometimes you got to sit in front of a Don Gleason to realize where those important parts are. Because for me, I could think that the fact that I've been uh, in management for 15 years is an important thing. So I'll say in business management for 15 years, what does that mean to somebody right. who's never met me? So it's, it's about, it's about really, um, pinpointing those things that are, right. are there's important. a story in there and you, you nailed it early on, right? The best books, the best movies, the reason we go and watch those things is because the, the, the main character gets in trouble. They're, they're struggling. They're about to they almost get killed. They're, they're, they're going to get fired. They're, whatever the challenge is, it's, it's that suspense. And you're wondering how they're going to get out of right. it. And when you can portray that in a resume, right? You're probably not in this situation, unless you're an, an infantryman or a rifleman, or, you know, in the Marines or whatever, you're probably not facing the death, but you were facing something that was pretty intense. You just made me think about when I was a, a captain in Germany, it was my third assignment. And uh, one of the inspection criteria I was responsible for in my section was the base denial plan. And I had just taken over the office and it got rated an unsatisfactory on the previous inspection. Well, if you get two unsatisfactories, you, your commander, your group commander, your wing commander, all get to go stand in attention in front of the four-star general. That can be a kiss of death. You know, you don't want that kind of notoriety. Yeah. Right? So <clears throat> the wing commander had tagged a major. I was a new captain. He tagged a major to work on it out of supply. And I talked to her after a couple of months. I said, so how are you coming? What kind of, what kind of help can I give you? She says, I'm not doing anything. And I won't do anything on that. It's not mine. I said, but the wing commander gave it to you. She said, I don't care. It's not mine. So we, uh, a couple of us got together and we came up with a strategy. And I actually got up and briefed the vice wing commander on the strategy of how we were going to do it, even before I told my boss. And uh, so I was risky, but the boss let me do what I needed to do. And now I can tell that story of saving, you know, the, the, the leadership within the wing of having to go talk to the four star by getting a satisfactory on the base denial plan. You know, we worked on it for about six months. And so that's a story yeah. that needs to be there. We were facing, you know, what could be a career ending, you know, piece uh, inspection. That was the story that I needed to tell. And I said, I have a whole bunch of those when I really think about it, but otherwise I could just say responsible for base denial plan, got a satisfactory. But that doesn't that doesn't yeah, portray yeah. the value that I created by stepping out and and solving the problem. So I think you're exactly right. What, what do you think the biggest struggle for um, for today's workforce is when it comes to kind of um, identifying what those important pieces are um, on your resume? Because I know um, going through resumes myself um, on a 
on a weekly basis because um, you know we're always hiring. Um, it seems like a never-ending uh, um, recruitment uh, cycle, uh, especially yes. now. But the what do you think the biggest struggle is? I, I know, I, uh, I know some people have have pointed at education, but I really do feel that it's not so much education that's the issue. I feel that it's um, almost a lack of direction. They're, they're they're making they're making a a resume that fits that's supposed to fit everything every it can't. every hole. I think the number one thing <clears throat> that most of us are not focused in on is what do I really want to do? What's my purpose? What's my passion? What mm -hmm. what what's the spot the niche in this world that I want to fill? For Don Gleason, it came about in the fifth grade, April 20th, 1970. I was in the fifth grade. It was the first Earth Day in the United States. Our senator in Wisconsin had been one of the sponsors. So it was a big thing. And we spent a whole day and it lit me up. And my dad had taken us fishing and hunting. And I, when we were fishing, we'd get to sometimes rivers and you could see the yellow scum. I mean, this is 1970, right? This is the the era when we created all of our environmental regulations, the Clean Water Act, the Clean Air Act, <clears throat> so many more. Uh, we, we took um, lead out of gasoline. We implemented discharge standards for wastewater treatment plants and communities into the rivers to try to clean them up. But I could see the yellow. I could see the dead fish. I could smell the stench of the river, wondering, why do I want to fish here? I would not eat a fish out of this river, I need to do something to clean this up. So that drove me. I was good at math. I was good at science. So I had the right skills. I had interest. It became my passion. And when I got out of college, I got to, I did not get to do what I wanted to do what was going to corporate, but I got to go into the military and do some really neat environmental things. One, two strategic air command, major command level awards for environmental quality, environmental compliance. And then that set me apart. But I got to, it was working in my passion. When I came out of the service, I wanted to go back to the environmental piece. Didn't want to do architecture, didn't want to do construction, didn't want to do facility maintenance. I had done them, I did them well, just didn't light me up. So I wanted to do environmental. Mm. So if what I do is I work with people to find that thing, um, that story of what they really want to do. And then we figure out how we can employ that. And then when you write your resume to go do that, now you're excited because you're pulling the right things out of your experience that answers the question of how you do it. And then you tell a story. But too often people go right to the mm. resume and they try to write the resume to do a job that A, they don't really know what it is or B, they're not excited about it. And then they're not excited about the resume and they struggle with it. So got to right. put those in the right order. What do you want to do first? And then you, you hit a key point, the networking piece. What is the industry looking for to sell your capability? You know, how do they want the resume written? What are the, the key words, right? Amazon is very specific how you, you apply to them. You got to touch their core values. You got to do it in the interview. You got to do it in the resume. Um, it's different than another company. So you gotta, you gotta know what that right. is and then you sell your value, but you can write your resume because now you know what you want to do. You know what they're looking for. You can pull the things out of your experience. You know, um, 
myself, I can tell you that I've never written a resume specifically for, for any one job. Um, I think it's mainly because um, my skill set is very broad. When I went to college, I did business management. It was it was business management and administration um, with with HR and all that thrown in there. So for me, it's like um okay business management could be anything so legitimately you are you're 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 aiming you want to really kind of focal point and point at something that really interests you because your skill set and everything that you're interested in goes here but your resume is yeah you, you okay your business okay cool your business what, what does that mean what does business mean you know it's like and that has become a moving target in since I've since I've done my 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 college, you know, it's like it's like business management is like a moving target now. How many times has that been updated? You know, so it's like and it's um, just like it right now, like right now. I'm telling you, this is this is Phil being real with the with a guest, uh, unscripted. You know, um, I'm having to rethink my career. I'm having to think about what I want to do. I would love to make this podcast my sole income, but that is an unrealistic expectation at this point. So I'm having to provide for my family. And the resume that I have is a broad resume. Like most listeners, I'm, I'm sure. Because when you're, rec when you're looking to find a job now, you're going on Indeed or ZipRecruiter or one of those big, big, big sites and you're applying for jobs. You're clicking on something that interests you with a very generic one-size-fits-all resume. Now, there are opportunities where you can send a cover letter, which I also have, but the cover letter is one of those templates that you're going to erase this, erase this, put that in there, put that in there, and move it on. Then, okay, for the next one, okay, got to erase this and change it to this. Then, So it sounds very the same. It's not saying, hey, employer, look at me. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's ticking boxes versus anything else. Um, but what is a better way to do the 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 search? When, when, when you are in a very generic, non-specific, um, and it's just thinking about me right now, but... Um, non-specific um, skill set, I suppose. I'm going to go back to that same thing. <clears throat> there, There is a niche in business management. There's a niche in project management. There's a niche in environmental engineering that everybody is aligned to. Each individual is aligned to something, right? I may get this broad. There's so many people coming out of the military today that are getting their PMP, Project Management Professional Certification, because we say that you're a project manager in the military. Well, you are and you're not, right? Not, not to the rigor and style of the civilian side. So when you go through and get that certification, it's a whole nother level of detail. Some people come out and say, well, I'll, I'll take a project management job in anything. But there's something inside you 
that you probably want to really do more than anything else, right? Could be on the construction side, could be the IT side, could be the medical side. I got a, a friend of mine who um, came out of the military 20 years. He, uh, he made major the day, he got selected for major the day that he was retiring, but he said, I'm, I'm getting out. And his, his goal, he's a two-time cancer survivor. His dad died from a blood cancer. And he's now a senior vice president at a medical company, and he is working hard to solve that blood cancer. He is really working at it. Think about Michael J. Fox and Parkinson's, right? He got, he got, he got stricken by yeah, it, but yeah. now that's his focus. So we've all got something inside of us that, that drives us. I was working with an army sergeant major, and uh, we were we were digging in one time, and I said, "Why'd you leave? Why'd you leave Alabama?" He goes, "There was nothing for me there. It was except crime and drugs and alcohol and prison." I said, "I I I wanted to do something different." And we we talked for a while. I said, "So what's the number one thing you did?" He goes, "Oh, it was easy." He says, "I was in D.C. and I got to be the point of contact for the USA Olympic basketball dream team coming to D.C. to talk to the kids that were in poverty." in the DC area. And he said, when they, their eyes lit up, I knew that this was something because I had come out of that same situation. The kids were coming out of the same situation. That dream team, many of the dream team players came out of that situation and the kids saw that there is hope that I can get out of this and be a, be you know successful. You know, maybe not be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, but can certainly be really successful and do well and not be stuck in the poverty that their parents have been in. So he says, I wanna help kids right. see that hope and move forward. Now, I don't know that he's doing it for a job. He's, I think he's doing it now for a volunteer, but he found something passionate that he's, a, that he's about. So it's, it's finding that niche and then figuring out a way to do it, right? Because for environmental, I could have been a consultant. I could have been a design engineer. I could have been a regulator on the government side. I could be a program manager on the government side, managing contracts. There's so many different ways to employ it. But I think the number one problem, number the second problem people have is when they look at job listings, they ask the question, can I do that? Versus do I want to do that? Like I said, like I said, when I retired yeah. in 09, I could have done a lot of things. And I had I could have made a lot more money but it wouldn't have excited me. I wanted to do environmental. Right. I wanted to clean America's waters. That, that was a passion that drove me. And I wanted to use my skills and my capability for that passion. So I think if, if, if we really dig, dig into that, and I think too often we're afraid that we just have to take any job to earn a paycheck versus trying to find the best job. And yeah, I, 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 I 100% identify with that, you know, um, it's all about providing for your family. Sometimes it's all about you wanting to keep a roof Sometimes over your head. Sometimes you have to do that and get a job just to pay. But it has to be, a, it should be a stepping stone to that better job, that better life, that, that passion in my mind. Yeah, 100%. Um, one thing uh, my father taught me early on is um, you, you do whatever is necessary to keep a roof over your head. If it's cleaning toilets, clean the yep. toilets. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, if it's just to get a roof over your head, um, the rest of it will eventually come, but you, you, you gotta do what you gotta do. And, and, you know, my mantra for the longest time was like what you said earlier is, um, I'll do anything in business management because I, I my, my, my skill set means that I just got to learn because realistically speaking, wherever you go, whatever I was doing, it was just 
a different product. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a different customer. It was a different product. So it was just learning the product. And once I knew the product, it was an easy, it was an easy position. Um, you know, and, and that is, that's where I've been for so long that now it's like, okay, well, I'm good at what I do. I know I'm good at what I do, but do I want to do this specific thing for forever? And the question that I, and the answer that I keep coming up with is, is, is a, is a pretty scary one. And it's the one that, the one that really, um, I think Don is the, it's the answer that everyone is kind of coming up with um, now, which is no, I don't want to do this. No, I want to do something that I feel good about. I want to do something that um, one of the leaders that I've had um, who really res- has resonated with me um, is you got to provide value to your employees. You got to provide value to being in a pos- position or a specific company. Um, so I want to be valued. That's literally it. I want to feel valued. I want to be valued by wherever I'm at. And I want to have some value wherever I go in, in my career. So this right now, I feel like I'm just putting a, I'm just a peg in a hole. And so now I'm, I'm like, okay, uh, everyone I've speaking to, every 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 guest that is business orientated throughout this um this season last season and the season before is telling me okay phil look you're too good at what you do man you gotta you gotta start thinking outside the box we we turn off the record button and it's like all right man this is come on now you're you you gotta you gotta you gotta step outside your comfort zone um i know that's difficult you got a family and all this kind of stuff but a lot easier said than done you know it's the fear factor it's what if what if this doesn't work you know um i'm lucky enough to be in my in-laws right now because we just moved back from ireland and um but i can tell you that uh if i wasn't um this it would be different i'd probably be out being doing uh doordash or something like that just getting some more money together you know it's um because it it's it's a tough world out there, but I will say this to everyone that is lucky enough to be listening in the United States, you're in the greatest country in the world because um, whatever is said about um, everywhere else, I'm from Ireland. I love Ireland. I'll always love Ireland. It's a dear uh, place in my heart. It's where I grew up. Um, I was born in England and I love England, but um, Europe is a different animal. And I can tell you that America offers you every opportunity to earn money. There, you can walk a dog, you can deliver food, you can pick up people if you have a vehicle, you can um, deliver packages. Um, there's an app literally for everything that allows you to do that without, with very little barrier to entry. So if you're suffering for money, I, I do feel sympathy for your situation, but there has to be some ownership on your part too. So I would definitely say that Stop feeling sorry for yourself and um, maybe take a look at the opportunities that you have out there or talk to somebody who knows these opportunities because um, I don't want to assume that everyone knows about these apps because not everybody does. Think about the, um, think about the gig economy but, now. The guy who said, you know, yeah. I want to do hoteling in a different way. 
everybody owns a, there's so many people own a house and they've got a spare room right airbnb it's 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 airbnb. i just create an yeah. app people come on and advertise it people come on and rent it and i get a profit out of it they, my daughter now just renovate, renovated a cargo van into a camper so she uses harvest hosts and harvest hosts is nothing more than like breweries mm. or wineries or other type of uh, locations that somebody has an app and the the place pays a certain amount every year to the app guy to advertise their place and then campers have to come in fully self-contained you know not no electrical no water hookup but it they come in and they have to supposed to spend like 20 bucks a day in the in the brewery or whatnot so they, you know they're not making a lot of money as the harvest host but they provide a neat experience and uh, and the guy who's got the app look how much money he's making i don't know what it is but it's it's it's, it's another multi-million yeah. dollar idea there's so many different ways now in this gig economy and uh, and look at yeah, and everybody's doing intelligence it. Now. It's gonna be, you've got you've got yeah. Amazon, you've got Amazon, you've got Walmart, you've got um, uh, Uber, DoorDash, Grubhub. We, we were in Estonia um, last year, and they had their version of of DoorDash yeah. and, uh, and and Uber, and it was neat to see how that had gone over to a Eastern Bloc country. It's so cool. Right, exactly. Well, so so um, the reason why it didn't kind of kick off um, in in Ireland and England is because in in Ireland and England um, there was already legislation and things to um, so what we do in America as an Uber would be called or classified as a um, a minicab or a hackney in Ireland or England. It's regulated. Um, and you have to pay a lot of money and it's regulated to actually become part of that group. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it was, it hasn't gone over and it hasn't kicked off and, and it hasn't taken, they've, they're still trying, um, by recruiting the regulated into the business, but the prices are crazy. Um, but then, um, because Uber didn't, um, a another app was formed and it's just for taxis and it's the same thing it's just using the existing legislation and people who are every, involved every, every country's gonna be different um, so, based on the legislation based on people based on the opportunity right. but it's figuring that out <clears throat> you know look at how many coaches there are right. today and there's so many coaches from so many different niches when my when i when I got certified as a john maxwell team member now a maxwell leadership certified member they've rebranded but as I sat at lunch, I was talking to people and it was interesting how every person at the table was using Maxwell materials in a whole different way. There was a, a, a lady who was 55 who's helping, she was divorced, who's helping other divorcees through the process. There are, you know, parents who've seen, you know, women when they had births go through the depression, the postpartum depression, and they're helping them go through it because they went through it. You, you can go on and on and on about how people are using that and being a coach. And that is the, the industry is just going crazy. Um, and it, it's all serving people, right? It's, it's part of that mental health piece. Right. You know, I, I think there's a whole piece now about helping folks get out of the house. And, and do things right my wife and i we started going when, when the government shut down we started going to parks and walking and getting out and we walked our neighborhood we just had to get outside and and do things my 
one of my sons was, they just adopted a little baby. So they didn't have the same opportunity. And at some point he felt like he'd been trapped for years inside of his house. And it was, it was really draining on him. So, you know, there would be an opportunity to come in and take care of that little kid. Now, if you'd have to be in that case, you would have had to be COVID tested and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and make sure that you weren't going to infect the right. kid. That, that was the problem, right? They didn't want to subject the kid to, to COVID. But there could have been a service to help get them out. There's just so many different things you could do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've, we've spoken quite a bit about careers and um, what's missing or what could be done. Um, we haven't really given you the floor as to what your business is. So, um, what what is your focus? What is it that you provide for your clients? Um, and give us kind of a step by step of what that looks like for for somebody who's who's looking for maybe your services. Um, how they go about it? Um, if there's a website or whatever, just to kind of Give us a walkthrough of what that uh, experience is. It's kind of a cradle like. to grave, if I can, on the career transition piece. So many folks work on the interview skills or they work on, like Candorful, I think it is, helps you with your interview skills. There's so many places that can help you with the resume. But I hate to say it, but a lot of the resumes, like you said, with Indeed is kind of a canned resume. It's not that good. So what I try to do is I, I have a three-step process, three I say three phases, but it's that figuring out what you want to do next. And I really focus in on that. Most people don't do that. It's starting to starting to catch on because if you can really, like I said earlier, if we really understand what we want to do, it focuses all the rest of the job search process. And I like to say that if you start at the end, you're going to work yourself back to the beginning, right? If I start writing the resume and figuring out the interview piece before I really know what I want to do, then when I get into those um, trying to sort through the myriad of jobs, right? Instead of saying, like we said, what do I want to, what, what can I do versus what do I want to do? Once I start separating that down and being focused, it really makes the whole job search process better. I know a bunch of people who spray and pray their resumes out, you know, trying to send out 10 to 15 a day. Well, they're not targeting the resume. So I help people target their resume. How do you do that? How do you sell your value? But it's selling your value back to what you want to do. So I walk through, what do you want to do next? Get them connected to companies and talk about those networking interviews so so they know what the company's looking for. And then we write the resume and we do the interview process for preparation to make sure that they're ready to tell a story that answers that question for the companies. And I'm going to do it with some on-demand courses. I'm going to do it with a weekly mastermind where people can get online and we can talk and we can share and, uh, and clarify the lessons. And then we'll do one-on-one coaching through the process. So it's going to be a, a three-phase, kind of three phases, like I talked about, you know, what next, networking, sell your value, but then in three, three ways, on-demand courses, mastermind course, mastermind weekly, and individual coaching. <clears throat> It's going to be a wow. it's going to be a six month package to help you get that job, and uh, the hope is when you get out of that, if you really put in the effort, that you will have that job that you're looking for, or be you know if if you're in that situation you just got to provide, boom, 
we, we get you into the job right now that right. gives you what you need. I'm working with a gentleman who was in Texas and he just went to California to get the job to, to, that he needed to pay the bills. And, uh, but he's got his site set on a job that's about 50% higher than that. And we're working to working toward that. So that's, that's what I do. That's, that's why I'm called the career potential activator because so, I'm looking for that potential inside yes, of each one of yeah. us and activating it and getting them excited to, to move toward it, not just accept anything. Well, I tell you something that is, uh, that is the title. Well, well, yeah. uh, well earned uh, yeah. from that description. I'm just, um, um, from, from a cost standpoint for people, what, um, obviously not being specific because yeah. it's going to be different for everybody. Um, what kind of, um, for 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 the people who w would be interested in your services um how many um how many uber eats gigs are they going to need to do before they can afford to do what you're you're it, it'll, it'll vary based upon what what uh, material they want to get so i'm going to have that bigger program for one set price it's the, the the bigger price right but you'll get everything in the program and <clears throat> there'll be you'll be if you want to just sit down with me and talk about resume that'll be a different price if you just want to sit down with me and talk what next that'll be a different price so each one of those kind of it will be kind right. of a an a la carte but then there's the opportunity for the bigger one in fact there's even a membership where <clears throat> if you want to stay with me after that six months because there's a there's a piece of getting into a company and truly succeeding and, and that's part of what this gentleman that just moved to california right he's now with a company out there and we're talking every other week how can i continue to prove my value to be valuable to the company and and so they want to hire me full-time so <clears throat> we uh we continue to dig into that and i've I, when i was working with military at the end of 30 first 30 days one of the he was a senior chief in the nate from the navy he said you know they're not utilizing my skills i'm bored i i don't want to stay here anymore i want to mm -hmm. change jobs so we talked to him and we got him the conversation with his boss of hey I, you're not challenging me yet I, i'm looking to take on bigger things let's, let's work together i like the company i like what i do but you're not challenging me and, uh, and I've got other people who are working 80 hours a week or trying to get back to 40 or 50. So it's that prepping them for the conversation yes. with their boss. Because what, what we tend to do based upon our personality, if, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with DISC, D-I-S-C, you know, Ds are dominant, Is yeah. are influencers, Ss are steady, stable, Cs are compliant. Each one has a different personality. And from an engineer perspective, we would we we resist conflict so we won't walk into the boss and say hey boss i'm working 80 hours a week and this is driving me crazy and it's having an impact on my family i'm not getting to see my kids i'm on the road all the time i'm going to quit well what about walking in and saying i need to work with you to create a a plan to get out of 80 hours back to 50 maybe 45 because i can't do this i'm i'm going to have I'm, I'm it's driving me crazy so but you got to have that conversation. Mm. I, I've worked with people when they got a job offer, they thought they were worth 80 based upon 80,000 based upon all their research. And they got an offer for 55. And we set up a process yeah. to go and talk to the boss of here's my value. Here's the things I can do for you. This is why I'm worth 80. He ended up getting 72 with a plan within six months to be at 75, 76. If he, if he performed well, and he's like that, this is it. So, it's it's about having the conversation right. so they don't resist conflict they don't resist that conversation they get in and have it to, 
to work for themselves. So depending on what people need, <clears throat> there, there'll be a price to help people to move along, get where they want to go. Awesome. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Um, what, um, what advice, I mean, you, you have a lot of advice, um, and you have a lot of, you have a lot of, uh, you've a, a, a plethora of, of information and stories that would benefit anyone that you meet, but, um, for, for some, something looking, somebody looking for some basic things that they could maybe improve on. I know we've touched on, uh, quite a lot tonight. Um, but what, what would be the one of the key things that seem to that always you're always meeting people and you're always going first thing you go it's like it's like calling the IT line and they tell you well check the power cable it's the same idea you're you go there and you're like yeah it's just need to do that first that's the first thing what what would you advi be advising people um, um, that's a great question. trying to revamp their career or their 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 resume or whatever. I want to throw two things out. <clears throat> One is take stock of where you're at. Um, like you said, you know, is am I in a dire situation where I just need a job <clears throat> and I'm I'm feeling trapped because I can't step away? I'm I'm afraid of not being employed. Take stock of your situation. Take stock of your personality. Um, what kind of personality style are you and why are you behaving the way you do? And that's part of the program I give is helping you understand yourself. <clears throat> and that, that'd be the mm. first piece. And then uh, is part of that is digging into that niche. What is the thing you want to do? What's that impact and result you want to have on the world? Like me, clean America's waters, right? Now it's, I want to stop suicide. I want to stop that suicide of military. I want to stop the disengagement. And I think I think the high divorce rate uh, of non-military, probably military as well, but I'm focused on that that disengagement at work creates the, the guy who wants to go home at night, just watch TV and have a beer. And he's not engaged with the family, not engaged with the kids, kicks the wife. And, uh, and pretty soon the wife goes somewhere else because she's not getting the love or or the, the male right. at home, right? Could be male or female. Um, the, the spouse is not getting the love and it's creating the marital conflict and, and other problems. So I think there's a lot of things if we focus in on that, what you want to do at work, um, it solves a lot of problems. So that, that would be the pieces, it's self-assessment, but, uh, but you need somebody to walk through that with you. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Is that, is that what you're looking for? Um, um... <laughs> Yes, yes, it's uh, Don. You've never, you've never disappointed tonight. So I appreciate all, all the amazing wisdom that you've bestowed on on me and. I've and worked the with 154 different people um, in the last three years and got them into the right jobs. And I want to, I want to there continue. There you go. There that. you go. Um, I'm going to give a little piece, a little bit of nugget um, of information for for the guys as well, and just uh, inspired by Don and the conversation tonight. Um, when you're writing your resume, you're writing a story, but don't write the story, be the story. What do you, how do you, what do you mean by that? You're, you're selling yourself. So when you're, when you're telling the story, you have to be the story. You have to be the subject matter of the story. If you're detracted and not disinterested and just trying to fill a page, yeah. you're not the story. Yeah, perfect. So that's 
that's my that's my little uh yeah. you inspired that now i just came up I with that it. because i've been listening to you all evening and i i i gotta i gotta hand it to you that you've just everything you've said to today um this evening um it's it's inspirational it's it's why you do what you do but um i kind of was just sitting there listening to you and i'm like you know when we're when we talk about resumes and we talk about people um even in my own situation um we gotta we gotta take some ownership and you gotta take some stock of the situation and what you're actually wanting to do and what you're looking to do and when you when your resume your story is being written you got to be, be the, story. the story you got to be be the main character in your story because if you're not you nobody's yeah. going to invest a, in a you perfect way to say so, that invest if in I yourself can, perfect way to say that <clears throat> we were at a uh, a maxwell certification event and we had about 250 alumni yeah. in one room and it was a it was, it was a small group with john maxwell and you don't get that very often I and mean, we pay for that and uh, somebody walked up and asked him a question and he said, John, I'm using your stories out of your books and it's not resonating with my audience. And John kind of laughed. He said, because it's not your stories. They don't care about me. They care mm -hmm. about you. So it which is, goes back to your thing. Be your story. Tell yeah. your story, right? Don't try to, to make it somebody else's story in your resume. It's your story. You lived it. You solved the problem. You created the impact. Tell your story. I love what you just said. Be your story. That's right. great. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that from you. <laughs> yeah, do, do it. Do it. It's yours. It's yours. Um uh but yeah, I mean for me it's it's and for, for the people that are out there, um, don't be overwhelmed. Don't feel overwhelmed by anything that we've said this evening because you know, there are people like Don um out there. I mean to be completely frank with you, somebody that you know is a business manager. Somebody you know is in the recruitment um, side of the business. Don't don't be afraid to lean on your network um, and and ask around. If there's something that you want to do, ask people. Like get the information. Um, but if all else fails and you don't have anyone to lean on and you're on, you're 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 just you're in search of knowledge and you want to improve your career and, and go further and you just can't find the answers. Well, then Don's going to tell us how you can connect with him. And, and that is what I advise you to do because you've heard him for 58 minutes. Now we've, we've talked about um, a good chunk of careers and searching and how to write a resume and how to, invest in yourself and be your story. And it's, it's important that you can find, find the, the resources to get to where you need to be. So Don, tell us um, how we can connect with you and follow um, whatever you're, you're, you're doing. Um, one is the connection and second is an offer. One best way to connect with me is through LinkedIn. Uh, I'm the only Don middle initial L Gleason, G L E A S O N. Um, I'm the only one there. So it's easy to find me and it, it'll say right on top career transition coach um, offer is through that. Just tell me that you saw this conversation with Philip and I on the unscripted perspective podcast, and I will give you a complimentary 30 minute consultation talking about, I'll, I'll give you some solid gold. I'll give you some ideas. I'll give you a little bit of look at your resume. I'll give you some look at your LinkedIn. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, what is it you want to do next? We'll, we'll figure out how to help you and get you started down the path um, to, to finding that right job. 
Awesome. Well, you heard it from the the the, the great man himself. If there is literally no barriers to entry for anyone that's interested in this man and what he has to offer now, because he is giving his time. Just mentioned that you heard heard him on the unscripted perspective, and and you get a thirty minute session. Um, which, I mean, if 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 I'd have known how much information I was going to get from an hour this evening, um, a half hour is 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 a is a lot, and will definitely help you one hundred percent. I, 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 gear, um, I guarantee so, people uh, walk out of that conversation have something solid they can they can take action on. Now, whether they take action, that's up to them. But I'm going to give them material yeah. they can take action on. Yeah, yeah. My favorite my favorite quote from my favorite quote. From a mo- my one of my favorite movies is um, The Matrix, and um, he says, um, "I can only show you the door; you yep. have to walk through it." So yep. there you go. Um, uh, we've we've gotten some yep. quotations. Yep. We've thrown some great nuggets of uh, of information. Dropped some one liners. You name it tonight. Um, but Don, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Um, you're an immense um, uh, just asset to your country, to your your what you're doing, um, how you're serving um, the, um, veterans and the public. It's just an amazing thing that you're doing. So um, thank you so much for taking the time to be on on my show because um, you've you've given some true value to my listeners, and oh, I really welcome. appreciate I that. Appreciate the opportunity, <clears throat> and. Uh... Just thank you for the uh, opportunity. Thank you for what you're doing by by interviewing guests and, and getting that information out. And I love Ireland. My wife and I did a Groupon. And we went to Ireland back in, I think, 2014 for seven days and stayed in the four castles, one of them being the Guinness Castle, the five-star hotel. Oh, what a beautiful oh, place. Yeah. A beautiful country. We just enjoyed the food, the people, the it drink. It is. It really oh. is. Yes, it's, yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, don't get me started. I love it. It's... Um, economically it's not great right now um but for to visit it's amazing and um um i yeah it's it's a great it's a it's a great place to visit and um i mean it's a great place to live back before all this craziness happened to the world but you know i'm sure we'll 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 all get back on our feet soon step by step hey thanks again for sure so that has been another unscripted perspective my name is philip parker we will be back in um for another amazing episode next week um as i always say go with grace um and we will talk again soon thank you so much for listening and be sure to leave us a rating or review on your favorite listening platform be sure to keep in touch with us on facebook and instagram at the unscripted perspective Or you can visit us at www.theunscriptedperspective.com.